Okay. Oh, see, now this is, this is nice. It's actually nice having you guys up front. Well, hey, we're going to go ahead and get started, even if it's just the Alcorn and the Lang gang. <laughs> yeah, that's how we'll recognize you from now on, the Lang gang. I, I know, yeah. Awesome. All right, well, you brought a book. Awesome, the dog man. Well, I'm going to go ahead and open up with some scripture, and we will, we will dive right into worship. So I was just looking at this earlier, and I thought, oh, man, this is, this is so good. The Word of God is really good. I hope you guys like the Bible. Do you like the Bible, Judy? <laughs> I'm, a, I'm asking the Bible lady of the, of the house. She's the one with the, the Bible that's big enough to choke a mule. There we go. I just want to make sure we're not doing the tin can thing. Yes, the Bible lady. If anyone tries to break into her house, she's waiting out the window with that big 20-pound Bible ready to bonk them over the head with it. All right, so I'm going to just read a little bit of Romans uh, 7 and 8. So you might be able to relate to this. If not, you know, good for you. But this is what it says in verse... Uh, 18, it says, and this is Paul talking about the human condition, the struggle that we all uh, start with, especially as we, as we come to faith in Jesus, you know, there's this wrestling, this trying to figure out, um, well, I'll just quit talking and I'll read it. It says, for I know that nothing good lives within the flesh of my fallen humanity. wasn't going to say anything, Judy, but she already started clapping like a little seal, like a little seal over there. Okay, so Romans 7, 7 uh, 18 says, I know that nothing good lives within the flesh of my fallen humanity. The longings to do what is right are within me, but willpower is not enough to accomplish it. My lofty desires to do what is good are dashed when I do things I want to avoid. Anybody been there before? I'm getting a few nods. No one wants to admit it because they're like, no, I'm perfect all the time. I always, I'm always obedient all the time. So verse 20 says, so if my behavior contradicts my desires to do good, I must conclude that it's not my true identity doing it. Hmm. Some wisdom from Paul here. But the unwelcome intruder of sin hindering me from being who I really am. Let me read that all together in one breath. I must conclude that it's not my true identity doing it, but the unwelcome intruder of sin hindering me from not, excuse me, from being who I really am. So apparently who you really are often has to deal with this intruder called sin. Hmm. Through my experience of this principle, I discover that even when I want to do good, evil is ready to sabotage me. Truly deep within my true identity, I love to do what pleases God, but I discern another power operating in my humanity, waging a war against the moral principles of my conscience, bringing me into captivity as a prisoner to the law of sin. 
this unwelcome intruder in my humanity. What an agonizing situation I am in. So who has the power to rescue this miserable man or woman from the unwelcome intruder of sin and death? So this is the human condition, knowing what is right, but struggling with this desire, this, this thing called sin, this intruder who wants to take you and I captive. He says, who's going to rescue me from this? Who has the power to rescue me? I give all my thanks to God for his mighty power has finally provided a way out through our Lord Jesus, the anointed one. So if left to myself, just by yourself without God, the flesh is aligned with the law of sin. But now my renewed mind is fixed on and submitted to God's righteous principles. So now the case is closed. I need a gavel. I would have hit it right on the wine barrel here. The case is closed. Jury is in. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus, the anointed one. Boy, I didn't hear a hallelujah or anything. That's good news. Amen. There remains no accusing voice. There is no accuser. Your accuser has been silenced. Okay. I hear you now. Amen. This is how it's going to be tonight. We're going to start singing the amen chorus. And then we'll go home and, and hopefully not resume chapter 7. Let me read on here. Let me just jump ahead. So verse 17. I think that's a 17. I can't even see that. No, that's verse 10. <laughs> So now, Christ lives his life in you. And even though your body may be dead because of the effects of sin, his life-giving spirit imparts life to you because you are fully accepted by God. Yes, God raised Jesus to life, and since God's spirit of resurrection lives in you, you will also, he will also raise your dying body to life by the same spirit that breathes life into you. Let me jump ahead a little bit further. Let's get to verse 14 here. I wasn't going to do like two chapters of Bible reading before we started worship. I was just going to kind of just skip us ahead to the good news because the, the bad news is without the Spirit of God liberating us from that law of sin and death, we're stuck in that cycle of knowing what is right but doing what is wrong. But the Spirit of God comes in and begins to renew our minds and brings freedom from the power of sin and death. And it just, boom, he comes in and sets us free. So now we're free. We're free to choose. We're free to make the choices of who we're going to obey. Am I going to obey the voice of God or am I going to obey the desires of my flesh? So the mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty, leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance, enfolding you into the family of God. And you will never feel orphaned, for as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, Beloved Father. Why don't we stand up? Why don't we stand up? The Holy Spirit in you and me is the spirit of sonship. And because of him being inside of us, he enables you and I 
to call out to God, beloved Father. The Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, you are God's beloved child. And since we are his true children, we qualify to share all his treasures. For indeed, we are heirs of God himself. And since we are joined to Christ, we also inherit all that he is and all that he has. Amen. Amen. Yes, amen to that. So Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We thank you that we are, we are sons and daughters now. That the spirit of sonship dwells within us because of Jesus, because he paid the price, because you, King Jesus, went to the cross, took our sin and took the power of death and sin and hell, and it was nailed on the cross. And our, our freedom has come because we've put our faith in you. We've received your Holy Spirit. We've been born again. We thank you that we are now inheritors of your kingdom. So today, this evening, Lord, we just say, let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come upon us. Even in a smaller gathering like tonight, Lord, we know that our one true desire is to just be with you. So we just say now, Holy Spirit, we welcome you into this place. We welcome you to come and have your way in this meeting. We welcome you, Lord, to come as we worship you tonight and rest over us. Let, the, let your presence rest over every person in this room now. Lord, tonight we just say we love you. We love you and we give you honor and praise. We give you thanksgiving and we just rejoice in you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Are you guys ready to give him praise? All right, let's praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory. 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 Lord God, we just praise your holy name. We give you glory, honor, and praise, Lord God. We just thank you, Lord God. Lord God, I can never stop thanking you. I thank you from the deepest inside of me, Lord God. Oh, Lord, I just thank you for saving me, us, Lord God. I am your servant, Lord God. I just thank you that you chose us, Lord God. You shed your blood for us, Lord God. You gave your life for us, Lord God. You gave your body for us, Lord God. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I come to you in thanksgiving and praise, Lord God. Oh, thank you, Lord. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Lord God, I just thank you for this day, Lord God. This is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice in it and be glad, Lord God. And be glad, Lord God. I rejoice that you are in my heart, Lord God, in my soul. Oh, thank you, Lord. You are the creator of all things, Lord God. And you just thought of me. When I say me, I mean all of us. Just little old me. Just, I don't even count. Never thought I counted. But you, Lord God, 
You gave it all. You gave it all for me. Oh, And you gave it 2,000 years ago. It's still for me, Lord God. And you waited for me, Lord God. And I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Oh, Lord, I stand. I stand in awe of you, Lord God. You are mighty. You are holy. Holy, holy, holy. Lord God, you are holy, Lord God. that you allow us to step in to the holy of holies, Lord God. You tore that curtain down that we can enter in Jesus' name that we have we have sonship daughtership that we can enter to the most holy, Lord God. Because of the spilling of your blood, Lord, you have made us holy. You have made us holy and pure, Lord God. And Lord, every day I ask for forgiveness, and you just continue to make us holy and pure, Lord God. In your eyes, Lord God. Lord, I just thank you. Glory, glory, glory. Oh, Lord. You are lift me up, Lord God, when I am down. Oh, Lord, you are always there, Lord God. I call out your name in Jesus' name. I call out unto you, Lord God. You are pure. I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for the Holy Spirit, Lord God, and I thank you for Jesus, Jesus, you are the light, Lord, Jesus. You are the truth and the light, Jesus, Jesus. And I thank you for that. You bring light where there is darkness. (sighs) Even when there's traffic in front of us coming in. Lord God, where road rage would happen, you brought light that we could worship you. Oh, 12 cars in front of us. We're going to be late. On the road, we usually do 50. We're doing 30. But it's not going to take away my joy in the Lord. It's not going to take my joy. Oh. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Do you have anything to say? Okay. Okay. Okay, I can do that.
We're going to go ahead and pass out the communion. John, I mean in John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was a word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and he was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but darkness does not has not understood it. Uh, of course, we all know that's Jesus that we're talking about. Jesus was there in the beginning. The beginning, before creation, he was there. He was there during creation. The Holy Spirit was there during creation. And this spirit, Jesus' spirit, became flesh. He became flesh to walk amongst us. He became flesh because his father asked. Asked him to become flesh, to become the lamb that the one to sacrifice. John the Baptist was baptizing and he looked up and he saw Jesus. And he said, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. I could only see John the Baptist. And he yelled at it. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Oh, I'll bet you John was just overcome with joy to see Jesus. And he knew he paved the way for Jesus to come. He paved the way. 
And he knew he was going to become smaller and Jesus would become greater. He also loved that man. Jesus himself. I believe they prepared it when they were trying to get out of Egypt. When the Israelites tried to leave during the Passover when the spirit of death, the angel of death was going to pass through over every house and destroy and take their firstborn. Moses directed them to take a lamb, firstborn, without blemish. Take this lamb and sacrifice it. Take it and save the blood. Blood was going to be sprinkled over the, the, the doorway. That blood, the sprinkling of that blood was going to protect that house. The sprinkling of that blood from the lamb who was pure without defects, that blood was going to protect that house. That lamb had to be cooked and eaten before dawn. They had to eat the whole thing. That night, the angel of death passed through. Wherever they sprinkled the blood of the lamb, that house was That house had God's covenant. That house was preparing the way for something greater. The Israelites were saved as each person here is saved. Jesus came. He came. And after leaving one crowd and going across the sea to another crowd and the same crowd ran over there too I believe he said to them I am the bread of life I am the bread of life oh Jesus gets said so much and he loved us so much God loved us so much that he gave his only son for Sit at the table that night. The Passover meal, I believe it was. The same Passover meal. He took the bread and he broke it and he prayed for it. Then he broke it. He prayed. He lifted that bread and said, Lord, this is my body. This is the body that he breaks. And he's speaking to his father. And he he just loves his father. He's willing to do anything for his father. But his father so loved the world that he was willing to do anything to save us. Oh, So Jesus lifted up the bread and said, take this in remembrance of me and do it often in remembrance of me. So let's go ahead and take part of this bread. Thank you, Jesus. sprinkling of the blood 
That same night, Jesus lifted up the wine and he prayed over it. And he said, this wine is my blood. It is the new covenant. The new covenant. Jesus gave us a new covenant. He said, you will do the things that I have done and even greater. He has given us the Holy Spirit. He has given us everything, everything that the Father has. Jesus freely gave it to us. He freely gave up his life for us. And this blood is the new covenant that we shall do all things in his holy name. And I thank you, Jesus. He lifted up the cup and he prayed over it. Lord, just make this cup holy and pure, Lord God. Let it, let it just cleanse us, Lord took the cup and drank it, saying, this is the new covenant. Let's all partake in this. Uh, Lord God, I just thank you for this, Lord God. I thank you for your obedience, Lord God. Lord God, help me, Lord God. Help me be obedient to you, Lord God. And just follow your ways, Lord God. Do all your things. The, the new covenant that you have left us, Lord God, will do in your holy name. Jesus, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hey, guys, we're going we're gonna to step back into a time of worship. And we're just going to, we just want to get a sense of what the Lord wants to do tonight. I know different distractions and things probably going on for each one of us and in different ways. Maybe, maybe you're not distracted, but maybe you're just fully engaged in what the Lord is doing in your life. But we believe that his presence is here as we minister unto him, he wants to minister to us. He wants to release his kingdom over every person in this room. So we're going to take a time and we're just going to go back into worship for probably a little over 20 minutes. I just want to encourage you just to, just to lay it all down. Just let it be you and Jesus as if you're all by yourself in your own room. No distractions, no no things to pull your attention this way or that way. This is an, a wonderful opportunity for us to really press into him, to really press in and just to, to seek, to seek his face. So Lord Jesus, tonight, we want to seek your face. We know that this is a different flow for the evening, but God, we, we long for you. We want nothing more than you. We're asking, Lord, that you would flood us tonight, that you would fill us and flood our being with your presence, that you would bring each one of us into alignment with you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for this bread and this cup we just part had partaking, that we celebrated. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've paid for on the cross. Thank you, Lord, that you've opened up the access for each one of us to come into your presence boldly, 
boldly to receive mercy and grace in our time of need. We're here to worship you, Lord. We're here to exalt the name of Jesus. And we trust that as we worship you, as we give all that we are to you as an offering, that you will break in and you will make wrong things right. You will release your hope, your joy, your peace. You will help us make sense of things where there might be confusion. You are the answer, King Jesus. You are the answer. You are the God of hope. We love you, Lord. We worship you. Can we just do that together, guys? Can we just press back into his presence tonight? Thank you, Lord. God, we do thank you for the power of your cross, the power of your blood, the power of your broken body. Your word tells us that just as the veil in the temple was torn in two, so your body was broken open to give us access to the throne of God. We know that your throne is not on this earth. Your throne is in heaven. And you're giving us access by the Holy Spirit through the blood of Jesus to come through the veil, the broken body of Jesus, to come before the throne tonight to receive your mercy, your grace, your help in our time of need. We, we recognize, Jesus, that you have no need, but we do. You have no lack, but we do. And we want you to come and just fill every area of our lives where there's lack, where there's brokenness, where there's emptiness. Would you come tonight, Holy Spirit, and breathe over these dry bones, breathe over our bodies, and create newness of life in each one of us. Lord, as your word is released over our bodies, over our minds, over our hearts, you recreate, you bring newness of life. You put flesh and sinew on the bone. You put skin on that flesh. You breathe life and things that are no, not living rise up and begin to live. So we're inviting you tonight, Lord, that you would speak into our spirits, speak into our minds, speak into our bodies as we worship you, as we lay down before you, that you would speak over us and bring newness of life into our being. We worship you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. It has to be between you and him. I can't offer your body to God. Only I can offer my body to him. You and I get to choose tonight to surrender all over again in worship, to surrender our, our bodies, our dreams, all that we are, to offer it to him as a sacrifice of worship, a living sacrifice. We worship you, Jesus. If you can stand, let's go ahead and stand.
And let's just press back into the place of worship tonight. Thank you, Lord. Holy are you, Lord. We worship you, Jesus. Holy are you, Lord. Yeah, Jesus. We declare your holiness, Lord. There is no other like you. You are high and lifted up. You are exalted above the heavens, above the earth. Name above all names, Jesus. You are king, king of all, king of the universe. King of the heavens, high King of heaven. You are the King of my life. You are the ruler of my life. When I say, let your kingdom come, I'm saying, Lord, come and rule and reign over me. Come and rule, come and reign, Jesus. We want your kingdom, Lord. We want your domain, the King's domain, the dominion of King Jesus. We just say hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Yahweh. We exalt your name. room if if anyone sensing anything from the Holy Spirit tonight if you have a picture that God showed you maybe he spoke a word to you maybe you feel like you have a prophetic word I just want to open it up so if that's you if you if you have something just come, come go ahead and come on up front and release it if nobody does, that's okay. Hmm. Okay, well, I'm going to just move on to the next, the next request then, and that is if anyone in the room would like to receive prayer tonight, we just want to take some time and lay hands on anyone who has need for prayer. If you have a need for breakthrough, physical healing, uh, if you just want encouragement and strength, then what we can do is we can just um, come around you. If you raise your hand, we'll just get enough of us around you and we'll lay hands on you and pray. So if you want prayer, pop your hand up. Oh, you guys are easy tonight. Easy. Well, I was debating on what to do tonight. Part of it because what I had prepared wasn't my sermon. Um, what we actually have prepared is a, a message that was given by Donna De Silva of Bethel Church. And Donna leads the Sozo ministry at Bethel. And I was so impacted by what I heard a couple days ago while I was working that I felt like, Lord, should we share this with the church? Part of me is wrestling with it because you know, there's some people that aren't here that I was hoping would be here for it. But, but you know, I can always send them the link. 
And if we get it started now, we'll be done just a few minutes after eight o'clock. So I don't know how you guys feel about not hearing me preach tonight. If you really want me to preach, you just stomp your foot down and say, preach the word to us. <laughs> but if you want to hear what Donna De Silva has to say, it, it is really, really impacting. I'm getting a few head nods. Tao, you remember who Donna De Silva is from the Sozo set. We, we did Sozo training in our home um, <clears throat> as well as multiple times in our home over the years. What, what Sozo is, in case you don't know, is it's an inner healing ministry that Bethel Church has put together. There are many, many inner healing ministries across the planet. There are many inner healing tools that are used to bring inner healing to people. And what the people of Bethel, Adana and Teresa Liebscher did over the years was they, they went and they learned what, what really is effective to bring freedom to people. And they took the tools that they found the most effective and they put them together in their own toolkit and they put a name on it. They said, okay, this is how Bethel is gonna do inner healing ministry. We're gonna use these specific tools and just so that no one is confused in the future of what we offer, we're gonna say this is called a Sozo inner healing ministry. And so it'll always be a certain set of tools. Um, one thing that I appreciate about Bethel is um, there's no throwing up. <laughs> you might ask, what are you talking about? Well, there are inner healing ministries where they will get a, a garbage can and they will put it in front of people and they will get very aggressive and command demons to come out of people. Hey, if that's what it takes to get somebody free, then God bless that. I don't like throw up. If someone, if someone throws up, I probably will too. I'll run it, and then you'll think I've got a demon that's coming out. <clears throat> so, and I'm not saying that we would never bring a garbage can in front of anyone, because we have. We actually did one night, because we thought, I thought this person might let something out. Um, thank God it didn't happen. Just a lot of spitting. <laughs> but when we do the Sozo inner healing training, they make it very clear that you don't have to, someone does not have to throw up to get a demon out. What happens in a person, a human being, we have doors. We, we have the ability to give access to demonic spirits when we open doors. Demons have no legal authority in your life as a Christian unless you give them legal authority through unforgiveness, and through sin, we can open the door. And so this is not an inner healing service that, that we get to listen to in a second here, but it is a key to inner healing. And that key is hearing the voice of God, being able to hear the voice of King Jesus, to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, to hear the voice of the Father. We worship a God who is three persons in one Godhead. One God, three distinct persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And you and I as Christians who have received the spirit of sonship, the spirit of adoption, 
we have access to go before the Father, before the Son, before the Holy Spirit, and we can ask them questions, and we actually can hear their voice. It's a wonderful gift that God has given us, the ability to hear his voice. I won't get into a preach here. It's so easy just to start rambling and then take up the next 20 minutes. Um, so if you guys are ready, you ready to receive from one of our favorites at Bethel? No? <laughs> okay, well, here we go. Are you cold? I'll get that fixed for you. Anybody else chilly over here on this side of the room? You guys don't know who Donna is. Donna is amazing. Co-founder of the healing of uh, Sozo Ministry, all things freedom. <laughs> We're gonna let the Gen Zs stay where they are, <clears throat> so you guys just stay there. You don't have to, but you can stay there. It's really a good thing that we have today, the day off tomorrow, yeah? <laughs> it's um, an honor to always preach at Bethel. I, come, I came back from Germany last two weeks. I've been in Germany. All of our saints from Germany say hello. <clears throat> We're going to get some joy up here in a minute. I might have to speak a little louder, but that's all okay. Yeah, you can. <laughs> wow. It's funny. <laughs> sure. I love it when you're just behaving yourself and the Holy Spirit just falls and you're just like, wow, what just happened? I was um, thinking about tonight and what I wanted to preach on and I got all these amazing verses I'm not sure we have time for what I was going to do, but I'm going to try and go really fast through it because what I want to end on is I want to end on the idea of entering into the Father. So if you know me, you guys are loaded. Um, if, you, if you know me, oh, You guys just touch you just hand pass that on. Wow. When you when you get hit with the Holy Spirit, just touch the person next to you. Yeah. 
same with over the, wow. <laughs> I'm sorry, my parents are in the room. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> For those of you who know me, you know that the Holy Spirit is very dear to me. Sometimes I wonder if I like him more than Jesus. But I'll tell you, the Holy Spirit and Jesus are not jealous of each other. And one of the things I love the most about what we do in the Sozo ministry is we get the, to get you connected to the aspects of the triune nature of God. And there's a reason for that. Because Jesus is our sanctification. Jesus is our Sidkenu, our righteousness. Without him, we wouldn't be able to enjoy the Holy Spirit. Without him, we couldn't enter into the Father. And whole generations, whole denominations. Sure. They deny the Holy Spirit because they're like, no, you can't focus on the Holy Spirit. And so we live a life without power. But the Holy Spirit is the power. Jesus gave us the authority, but the Holy Spirit brings the power. Deuteronomy 6, 4 tells us, Hear, O Israel, for the Lord your God is one. <laughs> you guys will have to go back and look up these verses. Because in Scripture, it shows us how the three intertwine. <clears throat> And you think about when Jesus was baptized, what happens? A dove falls, it's the Holy Spirit, and a voice from heaven, who do you think that was? Father God, says, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Wow. So I'm going to skip all the rest of my verses. Yeah, that is so <laughs> because I want us to we've had so much fun already this tonight right with the Holy Spirit but I don't want us to miss out on Father God because it's in the Father that we get our identity and we have generations that are fighting for identity wow <laughs> And if I could bless the generations with anything, it would be the knowledge of the Father. You're like, well, you're a mom. I get it. I know. I'm not confused about that. (laughs) Some of you took a while to get that, but okay. Um, But let me tell you about the Father. Is that okay? Okay. See, it's your father that gives you identity. It's your father that says, you're awesome, you're great, you're amazing. It's your father that runs after you 
and grabs a hold of you and says, it's going to be okay. It's your mom that's the comforter, right? The Holy Spirit's our comforter, our teacher. But it's the Father who gives us identity. When the Spirit fell on Jesus and he came up and Father God says, this is my son. He is declaring, he is saying, and I declare over you, who you are in him is who you are. And if you don't know who you are in him, the world is going to try to take you out. The world is going to pull you one way. He's going to pull you the other way. He's going to say, you're a boy. You're a girl. You're going to fix it. Oh, let's change this. No, I am in the Father. Who do you say I am? The enemy's going to lie to you guys. He's lied to me for years. Some of them I've believed. Some of them I've been like, yeah, whatever. If you don't understand your identity in Father God, you will look for it somewhere else. How many of you non-Gen C people would say, I've looked somewhere else for identity? Do you know one of my stories I tell all the time is when I was growing up, I was teased horribly about the size of my nose. And, um, you know, I know, it's right here. You know, um, you can't hide it. We do all look related. Yeah, we do. Um, you'll pick up my family by the relation of the nose. <laughs> yeah. And I was joking the other day, I was at a family meeting, and one, my aunt was a, a beautician. And I don't know, I, was, I think I was about second grade, and my mom took me to get my hair professionally cut by her. And she says, what do you want, sweetie? And I said, in second grade, I want a haircut that makes my nose look smaller. Second grader shouldn't say that. And she said, oh, sweetie, I'm a beautician, not a magician. <sighs> and if you don't know who you are in the Father you're gonna find another way to get identity. So when I was little, I just learned, I'm never gonna be pretty. I'm never gonna be pretty, so you know what? I'm just not even gonna try. I'm not even gonna try at that. But you will find identity somewhere. Well, luckily for me, I found out I was smart. How many of you up here are smart? Three of you, come on. It's okay to be a nerd. Nerd here, Vulcan, right here. It's okay. <laughs> I know I'm a lot older. Yeah. A lot of my jokes don't work anymore in these generations. <laughs> and then I realized I'm really good at sports. How many of you are really good at sports up here? <laughs> See, you will find a way to prove you have worth. Maybe you're gorgeous or maybe you're a hunk and you're just like I get all the attention because I just walk around in clothes that I shouldn't be wearing because I want to show everything off you're looking for identity because you do not know who you are in the father <laughs> do you know when father God spoke to me about who I was he didn't say wow you're such a great athlete he didn't say, wow, I love the fact that you got almost all straight A's in school. He didn't say any of that. He reached into the place in my heart where that wound was. 
that was skewing me, that was keeping me from entering into the presence of the Father because I was ashamed or I was embarrassed. And I saw this huge hand come out of heaven and in it was an emerald and it was a seed and it was me. And he said, look at what I've created. Isn't she beautiful? And I break off of each of you the lies that have been told over you. I break off of each of you the lies you believe about yourself, the things you've watered. All of us have lies. How many of you out there would say, yeah, I might have one? How many of you won't raise your hand no matter what I ask? I remember my boys were raised in the Sozo ministry and Shifting Atmospheres with me and this girl went by one time and she was wearing very skimpy clothing. My son turned to me in high school and he says, oh mama, she just needs a dad to tell her how beautiful she is. He's like, yes, she does because she's looking for identity somewhere. But it's in the father where we get our identity. And years ago, my husband coined this phrase, stopping at the door of Jesus. Like we stop at the door of Jesus and we're like, this is great. You know, um, this is fine and I'm going to be in heaven and, and I'm loved by him. But we don't step through him to the Father. And if you don't step through him to the Father, you will remain orphaned. Oh, but I, but I have Jesus, which means I have the Trinity, which all the verses I didn't get to tell you. We have Father God, we have the Holy Spirit, we have Jesus all in one, yes. But if you focus on Jesus and you don't focus on the Holy Spirit, you're not going to have the power, you're not going to have the comfort, even though you're pulling on the triune nature of God. And if you don't step through Jesus to the Father, you will carry fingerprints of an orphan spirit. But Jesus came to show us the Father. When he died, the veil was torn so that we could get to the Father. We could boldly go before the throne of grace and cry out, Abba, Father. And we live in a world of orphans, even in the church. Why wouldn't we go to the Father then? If it's so important that we get to the Father to get our identity, why don't we go there? Well, maybe you didn't have a dad that was there. Maybe you don't know what it would be like to have a father. You know, maybe you didn't get an attaboy, girl. Maybe your parents never went to a game. Maybe they never showed up. Maybe you don't know your parents. So we don't know. If I step through Jesus, I don't know what's going to be on the other side. So I'm just going to stay right here. But right here is an orphan. Even with Jesus. You're like, no, that's not true. Yeah, I can prove it. Because the disciples were with Jesus 24-7 and carried fingerprints of an orphan spirit. I want you to think about these. Competition and jealousy. You guys ever competed against anyone? You guys ever been jealous of people? Not these guys. <laughs> these guys are still young enough to not have messed up, right? 
<laughs> the disciples were wondering who gets to be the greatest in the kingdom. Competition, jealousy. Bill Johnson told me one time, in the absence of a father, the children will vie for control. Are you vying for control? Are you jealous when other people are used and you're not? Are you jealous if they're laughing and you're not feeling the Holy Spirit? Fear is a fingerprint of an orphan spirit. Why? Because if you didn't have a dad there to protect you, you've had to protect yourself. And the disciples were afraid. Just think about them on the boat. We're going to die. And Jesus comes out and calms the storm. And then what's funnier is now they're even more afraid. They're like, oh, who is this that the winds and waves obey him? I can't do this anymore. I got to <laughs> I can't ignore him anymore. I'm sorry. You guys got to pass it on. You guys got to touch the next person to you. Yeah. Wow. It's hard to look cool up here. What about unbelief? Unbelief is the fingerprint of an orphan spirit because there's been no provision. You've had to provide for yourself. An orphan spirit will always look at lack, what I don't have. Jesus says, I need you to feed the, the 5,000. And they're like, we can't. We don't have enough. And he says, what do you have? This may go down in history as the weirdest sermon you've ever heard. For me, arrogance, self-sufficiency. For me, I'll never be pretty, but I'm smart and I'm athletic. Superiority It's how I got my identity because I didn't know what the father thought of me. You will find identity somewhere. You need to find it in the father. I want to talk about stepping through Jesus to the Father real quick. And then we're going to, we're going to do a prophetic act and we're going to step into the Father. Some of you are probably thinking, I don't have a clue. If I step through Jesus, you know, who's going to be there? I don't know. I have no idea of a Father. And some of you are like, if I step through Jesus to the Father, it won't be safe. I was praying and I had done a, a conference and one of the men that was with us was part of a drug rehab and he had to be there. It was like part of their weekend rehab. 
And um, I tell about it in the Sozo book. He just, he's just ripped muscular everywhere, and he's my catcher. So he's standing behind the girls, you know, and, and I'm praying, and he's catching. I'm like, oh, this guy's so strong. He's never going to miss anyone. This is awesome. What a great catcher, you know. Sometimes we get these old twig ladies as our catchers, and I'm like, you know. <laughs> Powerful women, okay. Um, and he's just huge. So I'm like, okay, this is great. And then as I'm going along, he starts to cry. Little tears. And I'm like, huh. And then he closes his eyes, and I'm like, oh, this is not a good idea for a catcher. And he's got his eyes closed, and he's starting to cry. So they pull him, give me someone else. I go over to him. I said, what's going on? And he said, before this conference, I knew about Jesus. We are buddies. I got saved. We are buddies. And he said, and this weekend, I learned about the Holy Spirit. He said, oh, my gosh, I'm just loving it. He said, but this Father God thing, no idea. I said, well, close your eyes. Can you see um, You see Jesus? He says, yeah. I said, ask Jesus this. Will you take me to your father? And he went like this. And I said, Father God will never strike you. And this big burly man who'd been in, addicted for a long, long time hits the ground. He's in this curled up, fetal position and he's just groaning and groaning and groaning and I'm like Whoo, I'm not sure if I broke him or not <laughs> and I get down and I'm going is this a good cry or a bad cry he said father God is holding me for the first time he stepped through Jesus to the father and it's in the Father that we find out who we are. Don't let shame keep you from the Father. Don't let what you think about yourself or what the world tells you who you are or you should be, don't let that keep you from the Father. You know what? Don't even let sin keep you from the Father. Pause. I do believe sin separates us from God. Yes, I do. But I don't think it separates him from you. When we repent, he is faithful to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You're not so far gone. You're not so far confused. You're not so far out of it that you cannot get to the Father through Jesus Christ. And we have an entire generation that needs to get to the Father. More than ever before. Do you know who you are? Do you know if you're a man or a woman? Do you know if you're a boy or a girl? Settle that with the Father. Don't pay attention to what the world tells you. Oh, well, you're a little bit feminine for a boy. Well, that's because I'm really creative and I actually have tears. That's okay. Oh, you're a little masculine for a girl. That's because I was made to play really good softball. Oh, you're too fat. You're too skinny. 
What does he say? What does he say about you? You can tell yourself, you can look in the mirror and you can tell yourself, okay, I'm going to tell myself, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. And then you'll walk away and you will hear someone make a comment and all of that talking yourself in the mirror will be crumbled down into, I'm not okay. Just when I thought everything was going well, just when I thought that I could be pretty, this is before God said anything, I was all decked out. I was, um, I had been playing softball. I was like, best shape, body shape ever. And I had actually got my hair done and I was in a cute little outfit and I walked into the grocery store and you know, you see yourself in the, the windows, you know, before the doors part. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that's right. I can do this. And I take one step into the store and I will tell you the enemy knows what hurts your heart because he said it and you've believed it and you've acted on it. So he knows the atmosphere and the broadcast to put out. And there are people that are not filtering enough to not speak out what the enemy is saying. That's good. That's, that's good. And so I walk in and I'm thinking for the first time, I'm probably my late 20s. I'm feeling kind of pretty. And I'm thinking, wow, I would, if, I, if that wasn't me, I would think she's cute, right? And so I get in there and I open the, and the door opens. It's like, oh, the door opens. <laughs> And out of nowhere, this little kid yells across the store, Mom, look at that lady with the really big nose. And I'm that little kid sitting in the beauty shop. Even a beautician can't make you pretty. Do you know, God knows the lie the enemy has put in your heart. God knows the lie he wants to put in each and every one of your hearts because he wants you confused, he wants you frustrated, and he wants you trying to earn your love somewhere else. And it's in the Father that we get our identity. And one word from the Father can change everything. One more risky story. I was in Australia, and I taught, I taught about this, and then I was like, had to leave. It's like, we have to get on the plane, and my team's like, come on, but this, little, this girl came up to me, beautiful, came up to me and said, I can't get to the Father. And I'm like, hey, you know, I'm the Sozo queen. I can get you to the Father. It's not hard. Come on, we can do this. She goes, no. I didn't say I couldn't see the Father. When I close my eyes, I can see the Father. He's over there. I just can't get to him. And I'm like, sweetie, not a problem. You just rely. We can just close, you know, we can just work this out really easy. And I said, okay, well, close your eyes. She goes, I told you I see him. I can't get to him. And then she says, because I'm a lesbian. well, you know what, I, I figure we can figure that out because I know something she doesn't know. Identity comes from the Father. And if I can get you to the Father, we can fix that lie that you're believing about yourself. I know, risky. It's risky in our society to talk about this. You need to know who you are. You need to be assured of who you are. I don't care... If you're a creative male, it doesn't make you gay. 
I don't care if you're athletic. It doesn't make me a lesbian. You were created specifically for who you were created to be. Don't let the enemy rob you. Have you let the enemy rob you? I have, and I'm done with the enemy robbing me. So I'm like, okay, we, it's okay. Close your eyes. And she goes, okay. And, and I, I literally saw Father God reach over, pick her up, and put her on his lap. And I'm thinking, okay, I know what you're going to do, Lord, because... How did you get found? You got found in sin. And God is about to find her. And I'm thinking, but I don't want to manipulate that prayer. So I said, how about you ask Father God if you could crawl up in his lap? She goes, Father God. And then he said, no. And I'm like, ooh, that's the wrong answer. (laughs) I'm like, come on, Papa. We do this all the time. You know how this works. He goes, he just picked me up and put me on his lap. So her, can I crawl up on your lap, was twisted into, can I grovel and crawl up on your lap? God's like, absolutely not. I'm picking you up and you're coming here. And I'm thinking, my team's like, we got to go. And I'm like, I know, I know, but I know how to ask this question. So, and I'm like, God, and I'm about to say, God, did you make me gay? Because she's like, underneath this, you made me this way. You made me gay. It's the lie she's believing. I'm like, God, I'm going to ask this. And he's like, hold, wait. Like, what? And I heard myself ask her, God, what do you think of me? And Father God starts to tell her, you're beautiful, you're lovely. He just, she's retelling me all, and she's just sobbing because God's telling her all these amazing things about who she is. And then my team's like, we got to go. I'm like, I know, I know. So I'm like trying to get to that place because I know if I can get her to this question in her identity, what God will tell her. And it's going to solve the problem of this thing going on inside of her. Because somewhere she was told a lie that she believed. I don't want to expose, but I will say this. Someone very dear to me was told one time, he was a high school guy. Well, the reason why you don't have a girlfriend ever is because you're gay. And he's like, mom, I, oops, sorry, I just exposed Um, somebody else's mom. Um, I don't think I'm gay. I just never have a girlfriend. I'm like, you're not gay. You just understand identity. (laughs) You just understand. uh, you're, You're good enough in yourself that you don't have to look for sex out there somewhere. It doesn't make you gay. I'm like, and who said that? I'm gonna slap him upside the head. But those comments come and they get in your heart and then you don't know and you're confused and then it's cool to be bisexual. It is not cool to not know who you are. So I've got her on, and I've had her ask a second question and my team's like, we have to go. And I'm like, okay, this is my last thing, God. We're going to ask God, God, I'm going to ask, did you make me gay? And she, I'm having her repeat this and I'm about to ask that. And the Lord said, Donna, stop it. I'm like, I know how this works. We get you the father, he'll give you identity. He goes, Donna, don't you think she and I can sort this out while she's on my lap? You know what, God, I'm going to give you back your job. 
So I left her with, Father, can I come back here on your lap whenever I want? Yes. And today, I want you to ask Jesus, all of us, to take us to the Father. And we're going to ask him very bravely, who do you say that I am? We have a, our worship team is supposed to be coming up for this too. I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to look at Jesus because Jesus is our access to the Father. And I want you to ask Jesus, is there a lie I believe about me? There's probably way more than one. And then I want you to ask Jesus, say, Jesus, would you take me to your Father? Would you walk me to Father God? And then I want you to say, Father God, out loud, Father God, what do you think of me? The prophetic act that I want us to do. Wow. If you want to know who you are in him, if you want to break free of the orphan spirit, if you want to walk apart from fear, apart from competition, apart from jealousy, apart from the fear of lack and and just the unbelief, if you want to walk free of that, I'm going to invite you to come forward. And we're going to literally, as you step out of your seat, you are saying, I'm stepping through the door of Jesus and I'm stepping to the Father. And we're going to end with the song, Good, Good Father. And I break off of you the fear that Father God is scary because Jesus said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. That he came as a direct representation of the Father. And if we do not know what he thinks of us, the world will pull us. What people say about you will make you feel a certain way. But we're like, no, no, no. You can't make me who I am not. You can't make me change my opinion because he says I am beautiful. And it makes me beautiful. He says who you are and it makes you who you are. Let's just press in together. If you want to stand, Thank stand. You, if you want to stay where you're at. Oh, I've heard a thousand stories of what they think you're like and I've heard the tender 
about yourself you know that thing that hurts your heart that you're just like I'll never measure up I'm, I'm stupid I'm not smart I'm too fat too skinny too feminine too masculine I want you to put that in your hands that thing that just every time you, you compare yourself you just think I'll never 
measure up. And I want you to hand it to Father God. Wow. And as you hand it to Father God, the Holy Spirit is taking the pain. He's taking the pain out. And he's just like, that's mine. I'll take that. Wow. And as you hand it to Father God, see what he gives back to you. Listen to him speak over you who you are. This is not a one-time event. We don't just go to the Father one time. We go to the Father every day. We get up in the morning, Jesus, how are you? Holy Spirit, yeah, wow, this is gonna be a great day. Father, what do you want me to know? Because the enemy's gonna throw those darts at me. The enemy's gonna shoot at me. He's gonna tell me things about me that aren't true, that wanna hit my heart. But Papa, who do you say that I am? And I bless each of you with a revelation of the goodness of the God, the goodness of Father, and the identity He places in each of you that takes care of the lies you've believed. And He's releasing mental illness and torment right now because it's all been shoved in there. Wow. You're like, I don't listen to that anymore because I know who I am in the Father. And I bless you in Jesus' name. We're gonna wrap up the evening. I don't know if it's just me, but I get so messed up whenever Donna De Silva starts giving testimonies of people encountering the Father, and it just rattles me every time. But it's so important, you guys. It's so important that we hear His voice. We started this out. I was talking about how we can give the enemy access. You know, we open doors, and uh, the enemy has no authority, but he tries to get in through lies. He tries to lie to you, to trick you, just goes all the way back to the garden. So I just, I, I pray, I want to encourage everyone in the room. Just if, if you're not there yet with approaching your Father God, just practice. Just talk to Jesus about it. Do some of the things that, that she walked us through tonight. Ask Jesus, will you show me the Father? Will you take me to the Father? Or just go directly to the Father if you're already comfortable with that. And regularly ask him what he thinks of you. Ask him, are there any lies I'm believing about you? I find that I, when I ask him that, he shows me things that I've been believing about him or about myself. I don't know if anyone received a picture when we were doing that prophetic act of handing him whatever it is, if, if you got something in return. I wasn't expecting what I ended up getting and I was like, it's exactly what I needed. So I just wanna encourage you guys. You know, God is real, the Lord is real. The Holy Spirit is real in our lives. 
We're not orphans. We're not here all alone, just making this up. The creator God who breathed breath into your little baby body when you were just being formed together in your mom. Creator God, breathe life and dreams and purpose and identity into you and me. And like a good father, like a like a creator who is happy with, proud of the, the works that he makes, I believe that he wants to continue to, to speak into his creations. He wants to speak into your heart. You know, we've often said in, in this church, you know, the scripture that says, the Lord says, my thoughts towards you, They're the, they outnumber the grains of sand on the shore. His thoughts towards you and me are always, always moving. He, his eyes are on you. He cares for you. He, he loves you and me. He loves us. He wants to clothe us with Jesus. He wants to clothe us with his thoughts. So anyway, we're just going to say we bless everyone tonight. We're going to officially dismiss. But if you want to stick around, we'll stick around for a little bit. And you guys can have some snacks and coffee or whatever. And uh, I don't know. I was thinking a lot of uh, David and Kara just <laughs> seeing all those people laughing and getting whacked up there on the, on the platform. And, you know, I don't know about you guys. I mean, I kind of like that stuff. And I know they do. It'd be tempting just to repeat this whole thing one more time. But I, we probably wouldn't do that. I would warn you guys ahead of time so you could choose not to show up again. <clears throat> All right. So we're officially dismissing. And if anyone wants to pray or talk about any of that stuff, if you have questions, if you're, like, concerned about any of it, um, I, I'm familiar enough with the Sozo ministry and Donna's ministry, pretty much all of the Bethel main leaders, the stuff that they teach. So if you have questions or concerns about any of it, we could probably work it out really easy.